like we were the choir of angels singing holy, holy, holy to God. And so we're going to continue worshiping today by looking at the Word of God. Um, and when I say the Word of God, I want to make sure that we know what I mean when we say the Word of God. I think the first thing we need to know is that the Word of God means that it's the Word that's come from God. It's God's Word to us. And so because of that, what we read in the Word of God, God's Word, is His words. It's been inspired to humans 2,000 to 6,000 years ago, preserved since then, so that we can read this book and believe that what it says is true, what it says is authoritative, and we can base our life upon it. But the second thing that we know, because this is called the Word of God, it also means that it's the Word about God. It's a Word that's come from God about who He is. So if we want to know this God that we're worshiping, if we want to be led in worship, where better to do it than looking at the Word of God together? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to be in, back in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1. We're going to finish chapter 1 by looking at the second half of verse 5 through the end of the chapter in verse 10. And in this passage, we're going to see a little bit more about what Everett was talking about this morning. That when we were saved, we weren't just saved individually. We were saved into a community. We were saved into this church. And we're not alone in this community. We have each other, and we have each other for a reason. We're on this journey towards Christ, trying to look more and more like Christ. And as we do so, we've got people ahead of us on this journey. And we're following their example as we learn to look more and more like Jesus. We also have people behind us on our journey. People who are newer to faith. People who are figuring out, what does this Christian life look like? And they're looking at our example. And at the example of the people ahead of us. Until we all look more and more like Jesus Christ. That's the goal. We want to look like Jesus. So let's take a moment, let's pray, let's prepare our hearts to look at the Word of God together, and um, I'm really excited to see uh, what this passage has to say for us today. Heavenly Father, we're, we're so blessed to have this family, we're so blessed to have your Word to guide our family, Lord, and we're not just a group of people who are friends, merely friends, we're a group of people who have a deep spiritual connection, Lord, we are connected through the Spirit. We have the Spirit, and so we are united to one another in that Spirit, by that Spirit. We are one body, Lord. And so I pray, Lord, that as we think about this passage today, we'll be reminded what this life looks like, that we don't live it alone, but we live it alongside one another, walking with each other towards you to look more like you. And so in all this, Lord, we want you to receive the glory. We want you to receive the praise uh, that shouts out because of the life that we live together. And so we love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read this passage for us, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Um, we're going to put the passage up on the screen here. Um, there it is. Um, and this is going to be the English Standard Version. It doesn't matter what you have in front of you, but I encourage you to follow along. I'll read it for us. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So that we, not, we need not say anything. 
For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception that we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So as I was thinking about this verse this week, um, I went to the Farm Fellowship on Friday. And uh, when I was at the Farm Fellowship, I was talking with Ben Kane. And if you don't know Ben Kane, he's an elder at the church, and he does organic, um, sustainable farming. He's going he's gonna to have to confirm if I'm saying this right. Um, that's good so far. Okay. Um, organic and sustainable farming is farming that makes good food, and it's also good for the environment, and it also treats animals humanely. And so he wants to make sure he farms in this way because he agrees with the values of this type of farming. I, on the other hand, know nothing about organic, sustainable farming. If I wanted to know something about organic, sustainable farming, I would talk to Ben. Because he's the only one that I know that knows anything about this. And in fact, if I wanted to learn to do it and wanted to practice it in my own life, I would ask Ben if I could work alongside him. I'd ask Ben if I could spend more time with him, watch how he does it, learn from his example, and begin to imitate him. And as I imitate Ben's model of what organic sustainable farming looks like, I would, I, would, I would grow. I would grow by his example, by imitating him. But Ben is not the one who came up with organic sustainable farming. And so there's another friend that Ben has named Chris. And Chris has been doing this type of farming for a number of years longer than Ben. Um, and so Ben has been watching his friend, and when he has a question, he goes to his friend Chris and to ask questions to watch how he does it to learn from his example and to imitate him. And so as Ben watches how Chris does this type of farming, he imitates his example and gets better and better at this type of farming. But Chris didn't come up with organic, sustainable farming. There's another farm down south called Polyface Farm, and that, in Chris's mind and in Ben's mind, is the picture of perfection of what organic, sustainable farming looks like. That in a perfect world, Ben and Chris's farm would look exactly like this model of organic and sustainable farming. You see, there's this progression of imitation until they reach the picture of perfection. A progression of imitation until they reach this picture of perfection. And as we walk our Christian lives, as we live our Christian lives, what we're going to see in this passage is that the exact same thing happens for us. We're walking our walk, we're living the way that we're living, and as we do, we look to see who's ahead of us. And we imitate them. And as we imitate one another, what we're really doing is imitating those who are further along in the process of looking more like the picture of perfection, Jesus Christ. And so in this walk that we're doing, we are in this process of a progression of imitation until we reach this picture of perfection. And so as we get into this passage today, we have to remember the setting that the Thessalonians were in. They were a young believer, a young church, really, where nobody in this church had been a Christian for probably any longer than a year. And so as they're living this new faith, they don't really have many models of the Christian walk. They don't really have many people that they can imitate and hold up as models of what this Christian life looks like. And so Paul knows this. And he knows that he and Silas are probably the only two examples of the Christian life that the Thessalonians have. And so Paul begins his passage like this. I'll read it, the second half of verse 5. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. 
You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And when he says that, what Paul is saying, he's holding himself up. He's holding Silas up. And he's saying to them, do you remember how we lived? Do you remember how we treated each other? How we, how we trusted in the word of God? Do you remember how we treated the people around us? We did that for a reason. We, he says that we did that for your sake. And when Paul says that for your sake, what he's saying is that he lived this way to be an example for the other people around him. To be an example for the Thessalonians to imitate and to follow. And we know that because of what we see in, here in verse 6. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction and with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, it worked. It worked. He lived this way for their sake and they became imitators of him. So as Paul and Silas were living this life uh, character, characterized by the joy of the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of much persecution. The Thessalonians were watching them, and they began imitating them, living a life characterized by the joy of the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of much persecution and affliction. And so this is how the Christian life works. We look at those in front of us, those who are further down the line, and we learn to imitate them. Just like how Ben imitates Chris, and Chris imitates Polyface, we look in front of us and we ask, who is it that's further along this path than us? And we imitate them. We see their imitation of Christ and we imitate the Christ that we see in them. I, I know in my, in my own story, this is something that's been really huge for me as I've walked my path. Most specifically in the past two years. Because when I was in seminary, if I wanted to graduate from seminary, something that the seminary required me to do was actually to find a pastor that I could go and spend time with. I had to spend six semesters working alongside a pastor um, as I got through seminary. And so when I was looking for a church in that time, I wasn't just looking for a church, I was looking for a man that I wanted to imitate, that I could learn from, that I could hold up as an example in front of me and have a target to shoot for. And so Olivia and I, we started looking for churches, and we found this church far, far away from campus uh, in a town called Pepperell, Massachusetts. And so we went out and we visited the church, and, and I watched the way that this pastor preached. And I thought, I want to I preach like that. I watched the way he loved his congregation and, and talked to them and prayed with them. I thought, I want to I learn to be as this guy. Um, I got to know him a little more, and I saw the way he treated his wife. I thought, I want to treat my wife. He treated his kids, and I thought, I want to treat my kids. I, I don't have kids. I'm done. Um, and so as I watched his life, I thought, this is the type of man that I want to be like, because I see him seeking to be like Christ. And so Olivia and I, we moved an hour and a half away from campus so that we could spend time in this church, in this community, watching how he did his life there, and watching how he did his ministry there. And from his example, from his model, uh, it, it grew in me a picture of what I wanted my ministry and my life to look like. I'll say it like this, I learned so much in seminary, but I learned probably twice as much just by following the example of a faithful man who was doing it before me. God works like this. God works like this in so many of our lives. In fact, just earlier this week, I was having a conversation with somebody in this church, and I was hearing their story. You know, what has it been like for you to walk uh, and to learn what it looks like to live as a Christian? And they were telling me a story about um, how it was, it was a slow process, how they were growing slowly to look like the Lord. And they said that there was a turning point in their, in their life, in their faith, 
when they, when they saw a man who was living in a way that glorifies God, that they had never seen somebody live like that before. They saw this man parenting in a certain way, and they thought, I want to parent in that way. Doing business in a certain way, and they said, I want to do those things. And as they began to imitate this man's faithful life, they began to grow through imitating his example. God works in this way. And these people are now people that I hope people are imitating. They've become an example that other people can follow. And there's this progression in the Christian life. And it's a beautiful way that God uses, uses the people in his church, in his family. But I think there's a key to this passage. Because we're not just imitating each other. The key to this passage is in these four words. And of the Lord. And of the Lord. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. And the point is that we're not just followers of one another. We're disciples of Christ. We're followers of Christ. Our goal is not to look really like that person. Our goal ultimately is to look like Christ. We imitate these people because they are seeking to imitate Christ. In other words, we are just imitating their imitation of Christ. We try to be more holy and righteous because not because we're trying to look like them, but because we're trying to be like the holy and righteous one. And so that's how the Christian life works. And that's what Paul means when he says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. He actually, he says the same thing back in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, um, in a passage where he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Uh, it's a passage that I think a lot of us kind of squirm at. Like, could we say that to somebody? Could we say, you know, if you want to live a life that glorifies Christ, look like me. That's, that's a hard thing to say. And that's understandable because we see our own sin. We see our own, our own twisted natures. Uh, but the point that Paul is getting at, it's, it's actually pretty humble. It's actually a really humble position. Because what Paul is saying isn't that he's perfect. He's not saying that he's got it all together. He's just saying he's trying to look like the perfect one. He's trying to look like Jesus, this picture of perfection. And so as he's growing towards that, as he's trying to look like that, walk along with him. He's inviting the Corinthians in this passage to walk along with him. He's living a life that glorifies God, and he's saying, come with me. Walk with me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so we do the same thing. Our mentors aren't perfect. The people that uh, were telling me this story about how they grew by imitating another man, uh, he wasn't perfect, but he was seeking to be like the perfect one. So we grow to look more and more like Christ as we imitate those who are seeking to look like Christ. And that's what we see beginning in this passage. So who has it been in your life? I really want you to stop and ask yourself that. Maybe even write down your answer on the back of your bulletin. Who is it that's been in your life a model of the Christian life, a model of Christ, who is seeking to look like him. I know for me, like, I can think about my mom and my dad, my pastors growing up, they sought to look like Christ and I could imitate their example. I remember going into high school and having men like, like Bill, Jeff, Shane, Paul, these people sought to imitate Christ and so I could imitate them. In college, it was Michael, Kyle, Josh, Jeremy, they were just trying to look like Christ and I could imitate them. And Pat, Kevin, Stephen, Emma. There's people all along our journey who are just a few steps ahead of us. And I could imitate them. 
some people, some of them knew I was watching, some didn't. Some were pastors and elders, some were neighbors and friends, some were older, some were younger, some were men, some were women. The only thing that really matters is if they were seeking to look like the Lord so that I could imitate. So the first question that I just asked, who do you know that's seeking to model Christ? Who do you know that's seeking to model Christ? Think into your life, who are those people that you could actively look to imitate? Maybe they're younger than you. Maybe they are very different than you. But who is it that's seeking to look like Christ? And the second question I have for you um, is, will you watch them? Will you learn from them? Will you imitate them? Will you see how they're imitating Christ and model yourself after their example? Will you watch how they live, work, worship, parent? And will you imitate it? Because as you look more and more like the Christ that you've seen in people, you too will look more and more like Christ. And so I have a third question for you, but I'm going to save that for the end of the sermon. Because before I ask that question, I want to dive back into this passage and see what happened after the Thessalonians started following the example of Paul. So we're going to start again in verse 7. I'm going to start actually in verse 6, uh, halfway through verse 6, but you can leave that slide there. For you received the word in much affliction and with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all of the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception that we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So it's amazing because first we read that the Thessalonians became imitators. That's what we read in verse 7. Or, sorry, sorry, verse 6. But now in this passage we're reading that he, they became examples. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. And then he says, your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So the story of the Thessalonians is spread. In this day there was no easy way for long distance communication to happen. So as travelers went from town to town, they would just talk. They would bring news of what was happening around the world. And so as Christians traveled from town to town, they would say, guys, have you heard what's happening in Thessalonica? Have you heard about these people and how they've come to Christ? Have you heard about how they lovingly received Paul and Silas? How they repented, turning from dead, false idols to the living and true God? Have you heard about how their faith is continuing with a patient confidence in Christ's return? And they're talking about this, and their minds are being blown by it. And the point for us to see here that we need to grasp is that grasp is like how Paul and Silas before them became examples of what the Christian life looks like. Now they have become examples for other people for what this Christian life looks like. It would be as if um, we in, in New Hampshire, everybody in New Hampshire was talking about what's happening in Alton. And then it spread on to Massachusetts. Have you heard about what Christ is doing in Alton? And then on beyond into the world. That's, how, that's what's happening here with the Thessalonians. The Thessalonians have, been, has, have become a torch held high for a watching world to see. A story of gospel power for a listening world to hear. And as people hear this, they're encouraged and they imitate their example. Example. 
And I think that one of the most encouraging things for me when I, when I hear this story of the Thessalonians is that we know the Thessalonians have only been believers maybe a year. We don't know exactly. But they're young. They haven't been to Bible school. They haven't gone to Bible studies their whole life. They're not far along on this Christian journey. And so when we think to ourselves, I don't know if I could be an example for other people. When we look at this passage, it seems like the Thessalonians hardly had anything that they could say, this is why I'm qualified to be an example. In fact, the only thing that they had to hold up and say, this is why I'm qualified to be an example for other people, is because of what Christ did in them. It's not their goodness that makes them an example to other people. It's Christ's work in them that makes them an example to other people. And that's the same for us. It, it would sound incredibly arrogant if we got to say, imitate me because I got it together. But that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we are trying our best to look like our king, and he is working in us to help us look like our king. So as we humbly work in that direction, long in that direction to look like Jesus Christ, learn with me. As the Holy Spirit works in me to look like Christ, Ask the Holy Spirit to work in you, to imitate me, as I need the Holy Spirit to imitate Christ. It's a beautiful progression, and that's how God uses this community, the church. And so the first question again, who do you know that's seeking to model Christ in their life? The second question, will you watch them? Will you learn from them? Will you imitate them? And the question I just, I have, I mean, this, what, what this passage is showing us is discipleship. Now, we talk a lot about discipleship. And it sounds really complicated, and I think a lot of the time, we, we don't really know how to boil it down into a couple words. But really what discipleship is, is just helping people forward to look more like Jesus. Helping people to live their life more and more in a way that's glorifying to God. And so we, in ourselves, because we are walking this walk, because we are trying to imitate Christ in our lives, we can ask people to walk alongside us, to spend time with us, to open the word with us, to pray with us, just to, just to serve with us. And in so doing, we can model Christ and in that process, disciple people or be discipled by them. This morning, as I was getting ready for this message, I was, I was praying, and I was just thinking, God, will you stir our hearts for discipleship in this church? Would you give people in this church a hunger, a desire to come alongside one another? Maybe he'll move in you to reach out to somebody who's younger than you in the faith, somebody who's trying to figure out how to do this Christian walk so that you can say, come with me. I don't have it all together, but, but I, I'm learning. Will you learn with me? That's what we do when we disciple. Or maybe you're a brand new believer and you've got so, uh, so many questions and so many, uh, so many confusions about what this Christian life looks like. And so maybe you can reach out to an older believer, somebody who's been walking with the Lord for years, and say, will you help me? I can only imagine what God would do in our congregation, in our community, if we humbly came together and walked alongside each other in the process of discipleship. And so that leads us to the final question I have. Who's imitating you? Who's looking at you? Are you imitating Christ? Are you imitating people who are imitating Christ so that others can imitate you? I beg you, people, 
God wants to use you. God wants to use you in this way. God planned to use his church for the discipling of his people. He didn't save us alone. He saved us into this community so we could walk together. I'm excited to see what could happen in our family if we commit uh, to living a life together in this way. And actually, this is, this is one of the cores of what D3 Alton does. In the five stones, stone number one, love God, love others, make disciples. It's the very core of what we do. And I understand that it's, it's hard to wrap our mind around what that looks like. Um, but I would love to begin that conversation. What does it look like to walk together towards the Lord? What does it look like to help each other become disciples? Because God wants to use all of us in this process. So first, be praying. Who do you know that's seeking to model Christ in your life? Maybe God's leading you to ask them to spend more time with you, to answer your questions, to, to walk with you forward. Second question, will you watch them? Will you learn from them? Will you imitate them? Will you open the Bible with them, pray with them, serve with them? Learn how to do it by looking at their example. And then the third question, who's imitating you? Who's imitating you? Who is it that you can reach out to and say, spend more time with me. Let's read the Bible together. Let's pray together. Let's serve together. Let's just have a meal together. So who do you know that's seeking to model Christ? Who is, will you watch them? And third, who is watching you? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are... We're not alone in this process, and we know that. I know that sometimes we lose sight of the fact that um, we, we haven't been saved on our own. Uh, we're a part of this community. And that means that we get to benefit from being a part of this community, but also the community gets to benefit from us being a part of it. That we get poured into, but also we pour out into each other. And that ultimately, as the body of Christ, because we are your body, because you are the head of this body, <laughs> Lord, we do this for your glory. We want to grow for your glory. We want to imitate people who are further along in this journey for your glory. We want our church to be a beacon of light in our town for your glory. Father, as we continue in this process, as we continue together, to look more and more like you, imitating each other, modeling this life for one another. Lord, I pray that you do an amazing work, that you would stir hearts to give us a hunger for discipleship, a hunger to spend time together in your word, in prayer, and in service, eating meals together, serving our community together. Your plan to do this in a fellowship is good. We love it. And so, Lord, use us in a part, as a part of it. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.